Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Hollywood RX. The doctors are in. Doctors, of course, being the man who puts Adam in adamant, Dr. D. Hello. And uh, myself, Dr. G. Tonight we're going to dive into Manchester by the Sea. Kenneth Lonergan's drama about a young man with an unshakable grief who is suddenly named guardian of his nephew, starring Casey Affleck, brother of the other Affleck, and Michelle Williams. And I've forgotten the name already of the, uh, the young man who plays the nephew. Lucas um, Hedges. <clears throat> Lucas Hedges. So, Adam, I know you're yeah. chomping. <laughs> Chomp. I am chomping. I don't know, man. I kind of was... Putting off seeing this, uh, not dreading it necessarily, but there'd been so many people saying, oh, it's the saddest movie ever, and so on and so forth, and I just sort of felt like i got to be in the right mood to see this movie. And, right, me too. You know, as it turns out, I, I feel like I was worried over nothing, because I can't say I was in the right mood to see it, but it put me in the right mood. I don't know why. I really, really felt... Um, inspired by this movie. Ah, okay. So that's my uh, short take. How about yours? Well done, sir. I could not speak more highly of the performances. I thought the performances were incredible, and I thought there were some very powerful moments. Overall, I thought it was an excellent movie, but I can't help but feel a little bit like it was sometimes a little too elliptical or understated for its own good, but I, if if enjoy is the right word, I, th- I would say I enjoyed the uh, performances more than I enjoyed the movie itself. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. I thought I I thought Casey Affleck was amazing. I mean, yes, he 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 was he was subtle in a lot of in in fantastic ways. So understated, so oh my god! Although there were there were a couple of moments where I thought it was on the I thought it was on the verge of being a little too much. Hmm. I felt like I hate I hate putting this up as an example, but the scene where he when he gets to the hospital and he's told that his brother actually died while he was en route. Yeah. That. Uh, I, I felt like I wanted a little bit more out of him. And I know that it's, it was an expected death. And I'm not saying that he had to do anything dramatic, but I felt like he had the same facial expression before and after. Yeah. And except for that one little outburst. I don't know. Michelle Williams was fantastic. Um, she kind of embodies what I mean about, like enjoying the performance more than the movie itself because I really loved how she inhabited that kind of person and when she you know when she has that scene she does it with such an earnestness and intensity that it it I feel like she kind of fills in holes that were there in the script almost mm. you could I mean it's another movie waiting to happen. It's the sequel. I want to see, like, you know, what her <laughs> predicament has been all these years. It's, you know, with 
it's, one can only imagine what she must have said to him right, to, to right. apologize with such, with such uh, conviction. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, gosh. Now you say, no, 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 you say you were inspired. How was this, like, you were inspired well, to, to do something differently in your life, or you were inspired <laughs> in, it's restored your faith in a level of filmmaking that doesn't happen. Often. I think I think the latter there. Uh, believe me, my life is never going to get any better than it is, um, and that could be taken multiple ways. It's so good that it couldn't possibly get better. That's not the way to take it. Um, yes, I found that the way the script was written and the way that it was played, the, the acting, there was to me so much sort of sweet, sweet truth. Uh, sweet, sweet emotional truth to how the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. And I found it um, that it spoke to a way that I see my own life functioning. Not that I've suffered that level of tragedy or anything like that, but just um, it just really spoke to the, the way I see human beings acting in the world. And I rarely see that. Um, I agree. And, and and just the the depth of and the layers of emotion and the way in which they were revealed um, bit by bit along the way was I was just completely captivated throughout and I was not depressed by it. I didn't go, I knew, yes, yeah, something terrible happened and they were terrible and it, and it just, it broke him certainly and I think it broke her too. Yeah. Um, but when I was watching it, it didn't break me. It didn't, it didn't, their loss didn't affect me emotionally. I was fascinated by the way, by the ripples of that loss and the way that it, it, they, you know, moved through the pond of their lives. If I can become yes. a pompous ass for a minute. And then the way those ripples intersected one another and so on and so forth. Just, just delicious is how I found I wanted more. I wanted yeah. a longer movie. I wanted another half hour, <laughs> 45 minutes. Right, right. Now, we only get um, those from the blockbusters. Yeah, right. So that's um, how it inspired me, it, both as a person and as a, you know, a movie Wow, goer. that's excellent. The reason I had an issue with the, with the, the hospital scene was because when I went yeah. into the movie, I didn't know that he had a backstory, really. Right. I didn't. You know, oh, I, I didn't thought, either. okay, from what I, from what I knew about, from the, from the advertising, I thought that he was, uh, that it was the, the, the death of his brother that was, you know, leading him to this profoundly depressing place. I didn't realize that there was all, that there was something that was going to happen. So that's why I guess I had trouble sort of with what little was registered with him. At that moment when he was informed of his brother's death, I'm like, he's like the same that he was before. Like, I I, I wrestled with that a little bit. I I got it eventually. But, uh, yes, I think you put it very well when you say the ripples of that. uh, um, I thought a couple of times of um, the place beyond the pines a little bit. Yeah, talk about that a little bit more because that's not one of the ones that it triggered for me, but there were others. Oh, well, just in the sense of this being almost a generational, the the chasm between the two 
places time and times. Yeah. The the two timelines. Um I felt that the uh the 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 chasms of time between the two timelines almost made it like a generational shift. He was such a different person back then. Right. Now she's starting a new generation but without him. It yeah, it um and as as it's yeah. indicated by the 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 age of the boy in the flashbacks, um, Hedge's character, and then the the age that he is when in the modern day stuff. Oh no, I was just thinking of between the fire and the present day. Right, I understand. Not so much the random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The but, thing is, um, we had a fair number of scenes. In fact, I think the movie opens on the boat where he's kidding around with the boy. Mm-hmm. And so that and is very in significantly. That, sorry. The father isn't there. Yeah, I mean the father is not in that scene. Is yes, that what he you is. Were actually, say? no, I know he's there. But what was the significant thing? Oh, is that is that um, Casey Affleck's just you know he's just like playing around. He's just like you know teasing the the nephew, and he's like yeah. Yeah, if you could only take one of us, which one would you take? Me or your father? Right. Right. Um, and, and, and in that scene, even though the father is there, he's, he's not in the I mean, they're on the back of the boat. He's sort of not in the room with them. So he's already he, right, kind he, of right, not he, there. He, he's, not, he's not really a participant in that. He's not in that. Uh, right. In the arena. Where that's taking place. Oh my god, I love this movie. But what I'm saying is that that conversation, that that teasing on the back of the boat, is in the same timeline as the. It's prior to the fire. Oh, okay, that's true. Yes, you know. Well, yes, you're right. It, yeah. The past. Yeah. The. the past. I mean, oh my god, I just, <clears throat> I really, I absolutely loved the way. Yeah. Um, it shifted between those timelines. Um, I mean, to me, it was. It was pretty clearly my interpretation being that when we're seeing the past, it is it is Casey's character remembering. Yes. You know, that, that we're sort of suddenly in his mind, but there was no pretense to put a filter on it or to put wavy lines around the edges to show that it was a flashback. Well, so, no, there is no, in the scene where he's being, where he's with the lawyer being informed of his guardianship. Yeah. Um, we get we get flashbacks there that cut back to him two or three times in the lawyer's office. No, no, I, I, I get it. it. What, it, I'm, it what I'm yeah. saying is that when you're in a flashback, as far as I could tell, there was no indicator that it was a flashback. By the way, it was oh no, shot it was just no, filter. it was that. That's correct. No, for example, when you see him walking to get the beer, yeah, in that flashback, it's not clear. That that's still the flashback. And here's the beautiful part about that for me, Greg. He is still living in that other time. Yes. It's almost like time travel because we're going from, we're seeing him walk down the street. Yeah, it's just that he, he's so stuck in that time. And so we then become yeah. sort of confused about what is today and what was yesterday and so on and so forth. And that whole opening with they're playing on the boat, which is a flashback. But you don't yeah. necessarily even know that because you're so far away from them anyway. Then you then you go through his daily life and it is so sad. It is so empty and he's clearly a yeah. shell of a man. 
And and so and and getting in that fight in the bar and you look at that and you're like, what's going on? I thought for a minute that he was that he was gay but couldn't deal with his sexuality, so he started a fight with these guys, you know. It was this whole my brain went this whole other useless way, but yeah, eventually I realized, oh no, he needs to feel pain. He needs to physically get beaten. He started that fight to get a beating. Um, oh, you think? As, this, as a cathartic sort of thing. Because he starts another fight later in the movie for no really no reason. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that. Okay. I didn't I didn't quite get that he wanted that he was uh, inviting that on. Um no, it occurred to me later that, you know, if anything, maybe those guys were like, hey, that's that guy, Lee Chandler. Oh, okay. You know, that, you know that, that, that they did look at him, you know, sort of legitimately, and he was fucking drunk and, you know. Right, right. Decided um, to fair, just, like, take him out. Fair enough. Um, um, so, so we see all the sadness, and then he goes up to the brother. So to me, I was already seeing him as this person who wasn't having normal emotional reactions to things. And there was a little bit of a... Sh- hmm. there's, a there's a version where you are shell-shocked when you hear something like this, and he already seemed kind of... kind of uh, out of it at that point anyway. So I, I appreciate what you're saying, that you would have liked to have seen some little variation in the ripple, but I think what they were doing is that this guy is so guarded and so buried and so forced that he's not even going to... Yeah. He's not even going to show anything. Holy moly. Um, Kyle Chandler is a great person to put in that part of yes. the brother because we like him and we. He, he can. He brings not all that appear. positive baggage with him. Right, right, exactly. And then when he's gone, we're missing what we think of as him. Hmm. You know, uh, that, that our. The. the our personal feelings about Kyle Chandler, the actor, and, and our affinity for him uh, helps us, you know, it amplifies the loss for us, or uh, it makes it easier to understand the loss. God, Casey was so good. I mean... Yes. Now... Uh, he, he's sorry. clearly the brother that got the acting talent. Uh, I was going to say, you know, from what I've heard of uh, Live By Night, it sounds like uh, they're brooders, those Affleck boys. Yeah, well, I saw that. I saw that movie. I know you did. Oh, okay. Mm. Now, had you seen the um, the assassination of Jesse James? Because a lot of people are are uh, referencing that as, "Hey, he was amazing in that," so it's no surprise he was amazing in this. Oh, I I did see it. I did not feel as uh, touched by that story as I was here. Okay. And and I feel like just the that the depth of what he's going through in this is so immediately and modern day relatable that uh to me this was the better the better performance. Um generally speaking, I like him a lot as an actor. I was trying to think of uh other films that had gone into this territory. Yeah. And the only one that I could uh or the the, the one that kept coming to mind was uh Ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an excellent example. I'm glad you brought it up. I did want to just take one second to talk about, um, you know, Mary Tyler Moore was absolutely phenomenal in that movie. Um, oh, my God, yeah. It was a ch- I, chilling, 
heartbreaking performance by her. And I just want to say she will be missed. I mean, uh, we weren't necessarily getting that level of uh, performance from her anytime lately, but the uh, the way in which she touched my childhood with her various things that she did between yeah. the Dick Van Dyke show and uh, uh, <clears throat> that's so funny I've spaced out on the Mary Tyler Moore show isn't that what it was called? Um, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, no, true. it doesn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't think of it when you think of her. But um, <laughs> I remember when Ordinary People came out. I remember, um, yeah. as young as I was, I I had a vague sense of her from the comedy already. Absolutely. And I remember what a shock it was to people that she was playing this role and that she did it so well. Yeah. I mean, Robert Redford was brilliant in the casting of that with her. Mm. Tim and Hutton with was Donald phenomenal. Sutherland, too. Oh, Yes. Yes, Tim Hutton was phenomenal. Is it Elizabeth McGovern in that? Sure. And Judd Hirsch. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, well. Mm, I thought he was well, fine Almost in that. perfect. No, he was. Yeah, no, 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 he worked. He worked. Another actor known for comedy at that time. Yeah. And, we, and I'm sure, as we all know, Robin Williams had turned in some pretty strong dramatic roles. Yes. Before Goodwill Hunting, you mean? Yes, before and since. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, Goodwill Hunting comes to mind, but it's not as um, grief is not embedded in it. Here's but but now that you're saying opening it up to other other projects that that explore this, I'm going to touch again on something I may have mentioned here before, but I really do think it's worth uh, mentioning again, <clears throat> which is the American version of a I don't know what uh, Scandinavian. TV series uh, was redone here uh, called The Killing. Oh, are you a fan of the original? Uh, no, not a fan of the original, but a fan of the American version. Really? You uh, know, con- that's really funny. I watched the first couple of episodes and I was like, meh. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's going to un- under- undercut the strength of my following comments, but... Um... Shit. <laughs> Well, right. I'll just edit it out of the final cut. Anyway, no, it doesn't matter. So it's you're going to get all the... Um, uh, Muriel Enos, I think, I don't know how to pronounce her name, is a, is a, a police investigator who who's, is a deeply troubled person, divorced, and has a lot of... She's just severely depressed. She's partnered with an actor, Joel K- uh, Kinnaman, who's been in a bunch of different things since then. It is a little bit of a higher profile now. The two of them together are phenomenal cop buddies, but like really just very gritty and real. And an actor named Brent Sexton um, plays the father who, uh, the married father who, um, whose daughter uh, goes missing and is, uh, the body is found. And I had never in my life seen, I mean, you watch all these, you know, procedural shows and there's lots of cop shows that are on TV of all, all manner of, of things. And there's never but a very brief moment spent, if that, on the horrible loss for whoever survives a death in one of those shows. Hmm. The death just comes and goes and that's it. But the killing during its certainly its first season was a master examination of the grief of that father. It was stunning. It was it was for me what everyone is saying about <clears throat> about this movie in terms of it just being overwhelmingly sad. 
and so oh, brave wow. for me, so brave of them to put that on television and just stick with it week after week. Um, it was very, uh, very harrowing. Wow. Um, I'm trying to see if, if uh, Brent... Uh, that makes me want to revisit it. I think it's worth a look. There was an uproar. There was a bit of an uproar because the end of the first season uh, did not satisfy viewers. And so there was a lot of a, like a hue and cry on the internet or whatever. I never had a problem with the end of it. And then went on to fully enjoy uh, seasons that followed. He did a stint on um, Justified. Brent Sexton did. So he's a guy who's been around, done a bunch of different things. Deadwood. He was in Deadwood, which is a fantastic HBO show from way back when. So this guy's been doing really good work that you can find out there for a while. And The Killing is, I think it's really up there. It is... It's a hard watch because there's not a lot of lightness to it. They're, hmm. they're, they're cop buddies, and there's a little bit of playfulness between the two cops, but there's also a lot of just really hard, you know, hard truth going on, too. Do you remember, do you remember your first, the first time Kyle Chandler made an impression on you? Um, that's a fair question. Let me, um, uh, let me think. I mean, I'm really hung up on him. In um, Bloodline, which I've talked about endlessly, so I won't go on about it hmm. again. Um, so he certainly made a permanent mark on me there, and I know I'd seen him in a bunch of things. I didn't, I wasn't a regular watcher of Friday Night Lights. So, but I know I've seen, you know, I, I saw him in Super Eight. I've seen him in a in a bunch of different The Wolf of Wall Street. I saw that. The Kingdom. I saw him in that. None of it is really um, jumping out as like, oh, that guy. Um, so I almost have to say, yeah, I, I've, I saw Mulholland Falls, so I've seen him going back quite a long way. Oh my goodness. Oh my God, was... Mulholland Falls. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a show in and of itself. Um, so I, I almost have to say, this is terrible, but I almost have to say Super 8, because I became aware of him as an actor yeah. when he was on a show I wasn't watching. Which is Friday so, Night Lights? Yeah, which I wasn't watching. And yeah, and so Super Eight was same the first here. thing I saw that. Yep, same here. Once he was on my radar. But Identical I saw the day trajectory. The Earth, I saw the day the Earth stood still, which came out during Friday Night Lights, in which he was in. But I don't remember noticing him there. Which is funny because uh, that did not uh, come up for either of us as a discussion of the. Uh, of the movie that deals with the alien arrivals. That is true. And I'm not thinking so much of the remake as I am the original. Because, I don't know, it seemed more human in the first Yes. I, I don't think I would think of the original. Necessarily. Because, okay. yeah, I was thinking more like, I, I kind of, there's a separation in my mind that starts at E.T., there's the stuff that came before E.T. in my mind, and there's the stuff that came after. Oh, wow. So um, E.T. Was like, was like the Star Wars for you? Uh, like sort of. <clears throat> yeah, in a way. Because when I think about those old sort of black and white, you know, type, the original is black and white, is it not? It is. Yeah. It is. Um, I think of all that stuff coming out of more of a, more of a, like, communist hysteria and all the you know the, if they feel like mm -hmm. they're informed from a different societal whatever you know group the you know gestalt or whatever <clears throat> so no that's true although that one in particular has a more pacifist message 
than like aliens conquering. Right, right. Then Independence Day or whatever. Like, like Arrival. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. Um, yes. Now I've lost. Now I've lost track a little bit. Um, oh, you had asked no, that's about okay. Kyle Chandler. So where? Wh- what was it for you with him? Was it Super Eight? No. Yeah. You know, it's like I said. It's like I was aware of him from the commercials for Friday Night Lights, yeah. and it wasn't until Super Eight when I saw him and he. Uh, and then I, I felt like when I saw him, I was like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. And like as if he had done, you know, Friday Night Lights was like his 10th show. Like he's one of those guys <laughs> like, uh, oh, I forgot his name. The guy who uh, from. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. But, but, he, but they, basically he. He, 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 he like like a, almost like a full house type actor, not full house, but the other one. Um, but like you know, like one of those actors who's been around TV for a long time and just yeah, never yeah. quite hit the right but, show, right? You know, but that's just it. That's what he was. He had done dozens and dozens of jobs that right. he may have seen prior to that. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very. Uh, I, I like him a lot. I'm interested to see what he does in the future and. In all fairness, I should give Friday Night Lights more of a chance. I just never quite. Uh, Are you a football guy? Clicked on it. I, I am more of a football guy now than I was then. But um, hmm. I want to. I want to just get Casey uh, Affleck off my off my Checklist. mind. Um, I wanted to see what if was, there was your, something. What else. was your first Casey Affleck moment? <laughs> where where well, you sat up and took notice? Where I sat up and took notice. Um, I can't say it was Goodwill Hunting, uh, although I knew he was in that. It's funny; I've seen a lot of his early stuff, but he never—it never really um, snapped in place for me. I guess I'd have to say Ocean's Eleven, sadly. Oh, really? I don't um, remember I did him see, in Ocean's Eleven. I did see Gary, which came uh, out the next year. It's a very small movie with a lot of people with, you know, a lot of walking through the desert is all I can really remember about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. It's Gus Van Sant, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The Assassination of Jesse James, I did see. Gone, Baby, Gone. That's the one. I mean, that's the one where I sat up in my chair and said, motherfucker, was Gone, Baby, Gone, even though he was on my radar a little bit. Did you see that movie? I did. I feel like I want to see it again. Yeah, um, I, 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 in light I of uh, the elder Affleck's, uh, yeah, and to revisit choices. him in that, I thought he was stunning in that, along with, uh, oh gosh, what's that actress who was in it with him, who I love so, Michelle so Monaghan, Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> no, that's the one you love so much. That's <laughs> <Amy> true, Ryan, <laughs> Amy Ryan. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh my God, and Titus oh, man. Welliver. The double date's going to go so easy. <laughs> Yes, it is. We won't, have to, we won't have to fight it out in the men's room. Exactly. Um, but it, so for me, it was Gone Baby Gone where I went, holy crap. I actually remember him from, I can't remember which is first, if it was Goodwill Hunting or To Die For. But I remember very clearly m- he had moments in both of those movies, little moments where I was like, mm. you fucking guy. Um, yeah, in, uh, in Goodwill Hunting, at the very end of the movie... You know yeah. when Ben Affleck goes and rings and knocks on the back door? Hey, where are you? You know, whatever. Do I remember? I hate that scene. Uh, Go on. 
yes, but for but but what it redeems it for me is that when he gets back in the car and he somehow indicates that 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 Matt Damon's character isn't coming along, yeah. Casey Affleck gets out of the back seat. And has like oh, this little yes. like victory dance around the front yes. of the car because now he's in the passenger seat. Oh my oh. god, he's got the shotgun. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, you're so right. And uh, was... and and in To Die For, he had a great. I think he was. Um, he wasn't the younger brother. He was, uh, but he was with um, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot the actress's name, but uh, he had a great scene with Buck Henry. Where he was sort of oh. like the, 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 the goof-off delinquent of school and Buck Henry's <laughs> I, I cracking sense that. into him. I want to revisit that one, too. Um, those are good ones. Um, uh, Michelle Williams, I don't have as much on her as I should. I saw My Week with Marilyn. She's fantastic in that. I didn't um, see that. I can't bring. I've never been able to bring myself to see Blue Valentine for all these same reasons, but now I feel like I should probably go look. Well, now, especially since uh, you know Mr. Gosling is. Uh, oh yeah, he's dreaming. Is such a. Yeah, now that you know, now 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 that you know, we're one over to him. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, maybe that movie's. Not, although I'm sure it's not going to have the same kind of. Little like painful comic moments, little touches in it, like this one did. Right. You know, this right. was really this is really the feel good grief movie of the year. That's I funny. Thought. Yes, uh, I, and I did see so much. I saw a lot of humor in this thing, even in sort of. And terrible... I didn't think I was supposed to. I felt I felt a lot of guilt <laughs> for a while because I was That's like, funny. I'm not supposed to laugh. Right. Um. Oh boy, I'm trying to think. Um, I lost my mind for a second. Uh, Lucas Hedges, I know I saw him in. What was it he was in that I saw? Well, Dan in Real Life, I don't remember him from that, but I saw it. Moonrise Kingdom, which I think is a terrific movie. I really like it a lot. You it's know, like, I missed it in the theaters and I'm dying to see it. I, I like Wes Anderson. Yeah, I really. I don't. For me, with Wes Anderson, the. Dividing line is um, the the uh, fantastic Mr. Fox. Most of his stuff before he made that I, is a little too precious and a little too almost like you know self New York you know the Woody Allen self-absorbed uh, type you know navel gazing and a little bit of a hey look at me element to it. And then after Mr. Fox, I love almost everything. Oh wow, uh, it's really weird. I to me I uh Bottle Rocket to me was heart and soul and no wonder Peter Bogdanovich was all over it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's he's never done anything as Right. I was I'll amused give you by Grand Budapest, but I was not I liked it better than Life Aquatic. Oh yeah, I was watching that. I didn't care for it, but I think Life Aquatic falls on the other side of Mr. Fox for me. As well it should. <laughs> uh, fair enough So this kid was in Moonrise Kingdom He was also in Grand Budapest So I know I've seen him I just don't He didn't uh, land for me okay, He certainly yeah. landed here I mean I really really love the way that part was written I have a son that age And uh, there was a lot of um, truth in it I thought I, I, I'm not oh, sure yeah. I'm completely comfortable with 
the way in which him. he grieved his father, it, it felt if there was a if there you know you were saying you wish you'd seen a little bit more out of Casey when he was at the hospital. I feel mm. like I needed a little bit more at some point from Lucas than I got. Um, but I well, understand that all of his sort of being normal and chasing girls, all of that was his way of either deflecting or deferring or avoiding. See, not having, well, not having kids myself, I kind yeah. of took that to be just, um, it wasn't a secret to him that his dad had a heart disease and was going to die someday. Right. And, you know, he's probably, his, his indifference is probably masking the anger that he has that his dad left. And, and also, I mean, clearly when you look at it, this is a, this is a community. These are people who, particularly the men, who don't process their emotions in a remotely healthy way. So he would just be, right. he would just be emulating what he had seen everyone, every man around him do his whole life to that point. I, I really like the actor who played the, the friend. I can't remember the character's oh, name. Yeah, I can't remember either. But I, whoever that guy was, I was like, wow, they found some local who could really act. Like, that guy was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were the, the the group of uh, his buddies were were terrific too. Oh, I just I just like this movie a lot. It's weird to think about going back and watching it again. Yeah, not not knowing what what happened. I don't know about you, but I the way when the when the fire is revealed. Yeah, I, like I gasped. I could only imagine in the theater what that must have been like with a collective reaction. Much like I did when he uh, when he went for the gun in the police station. Oh my station. god, that scene is fantastic. That whole sequence is, oh my god. Yeah. When he grabs that yeah. gun. Yeah. Oh my god, and then I just loved the way he just doled out the pieces bit by bit, and this is something we've seen. Uh, 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 not, I don't want to say a lot lately, but notably. Um, we saw that in um, Midnight Special, where there was a very mm-hmm. rich backstory that you didn't get right away. Or afterwards. Um, we saw it in um, Hell or High Water to a certain extent. Right. Uh, Hell or High Water had a certain amount of that that you didn't really know what they were doing or why they were doing, but you were getting bits and pieces of it. Um, right. There have been a couple other ones recently that we watched where that kind of uh, storytelling was done. I feel like it was it was done... To perfection here for me in terms of just these these getting these little bits so that by the time you get to that fire, it's just funny how certain things just start slamming into place that you've seen before, but you didn't quite know where to slot them. Right. And then you get this new piece of information, and now you're going back and sort of your brain is just refiling that stuff very, very quickly, at least for me. And just, I mean, for me, that moment with the fire and with the gun yeah. was this... Like, I was so there, and it just sort of, uh, you know, sort of lifted me out of my seat, in a sense, in a way that I feel like we were talking about, um, we were talking about Arrival, and how there's that, there should be that aha moment, or other people were having that aha moment when they realized what was going on. Right. Um, In fact, that's another example of a movie that's giving you little bits and pieces of information, but in a way that... It was quite the opposite of being helpful. And it, all, and it also deals with loss. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Uh, well, 
I can only imagine what's going to come out, you know, two or three years from now as a result of the current administration <laughs> coming into power, um, how that's going to affect uh, the stories people are telling. White House down two. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's downier. White House downier. Um, it's downier. White it's House down- Trump. <laughs> so uh, how, how familiar are you with Kenneth uh, Lonergan? I didn't see uh, You Can Count on Me. Mm-hmm. Nor did I see Margaret, but I was reading about Margaret as it was happening, and I was very keen to see it. I read of it. I don't want to say one-sided, but a very uh, pro-Lonergan article about mm-hmm. uh, the editing of the editing troubles of that movie. Yeah, and the, it made the me, debacle. And, yeah. and, and being a fan of Anna Paquin, I was very interested in seeing it at some point, though I yeah, haven't gotten around know, to watching it. Director's Cut is on DVD, is on DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, wow, okay. Although, apparently, they somehow Martin Scorsese and his regular editor, Thelma Schoolknocker, were called in and did a cut of the movie really? that they did not go with. So... But that hasn't been released. But there is, yeah, there's the Scorsese cut. Right, right. Of that movie. Um, the remix. I had, remix. <laughs> I had no interest in it at the time, but I have become a slightly more sophisticated film goer. And I'm certainly uh, very impressed by the work that was done here. And that, that will motivate me to go back. That plus a cast that includes Mark Ruffalo. This is in Margaret. Uh, Jean Renault, yep. um, Allison Janney or Janney, sorry, Kiernan Janney. Culkin, Matt Damon. I mean, that's uh, that's Man. worth a trip to see that what is all worth those people trip. are doing. Um, that's worth a trip. So, just back to Kenneth for a second. I also did not see. I saw you can count on me. Sadly, I saw analyze this and analyze that. So, um, as did I. Although I, okay. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as harsh on the first one as I am on right. the second one. But those are his, those are his writing credits. As a director, he's credits. just got. You can count on me, Margaret, and now this. Um, and you can count on me was 2000. Then Margaret was you know 2011, and then 2016. So he's really got a very long gestating period for these things. Um, hopefully, we'll see something from him. From him sooner that rather than later, um, I feel like maybe we should talk more about different scenes, but i i'm not nothing 's popping to mind right now, but I really um, I was quite satisfied by the end i wasn 't left feeling I, I was left feeling very hopeful no. yes that, that he was coming out of his shell yeah, and the boy too. I just sort of felt like, okay, this is going to be okay it 's going to work somehow yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk about a couple things. Hang on a second. Um, okay. Um, I, I, I want to say yeah. one other thing, too. Um, Do. I didn't feel that... Uh, I felt like there, was, there, was, there wasn't a wasted flashback at all. There was, there was an economy right. that, uh, that, that, that really that paid off handsomely. I loved the line uh, when he asks uh, the nephew if he wants to see the body, and he says... I don't know, maybe you don't want that kind of image in your memory. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know why, but that, to me, at that point in the story, at least, that was, speaks volumes. 
Right, right. And then later we see him watching those body bags come out of the fire. Right. And, and those are, that's stuck with him forever. And that little beat, <laughs> that little beat is so true. I mean, we've had things like this a hundred times in my house where he's like, what do you want to do? You want to go in or you want to not? And the kid says, let's go. And Affleck Casey thinks, <gasps> oh my God, yes. Drive, and the kid means yes. let's get out of the car. And he's like, what the yes. fuck are you doing? You know, and they go off on each other. Um, yes. And then, and then another the one of those he, moments where you were uncomfortable laughing at it. Right. Exactly. And just and recognizing it as having happened to me so many times with my own family. But and then and then the scene I think that follows is them in the in the morgue, I guess. And the, the body's out. And yeah. They it. The boy looks at it for a fraction of a second, second. And you know that he should not have gone and seen it. I yeah. mean, at least that's how I took that was like, OK, I'm done. And he turns around and walks away. And, you know, Casey, it turns out, had been right. That uh, it's not something he wanted to. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I wanted to to go over a couple of things, and one of them is a little bit lengthy, uh, that I I found uh, sort of trivia behind-the-scenes type stuff on this um, script. If, If you're done... Otherwise, well, you can always, you know, jump in and, and take a side Circle track back. if you want to. <sighs> um, the screenplay was on the blacklist in 2014. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. doesn't surprise me. No, but that it was it was it originally gestated with Matt Damon, and apparently yes. John Krasinski, which is kind yes, of weird. That's, but that's um, what I was gonna I was gonna detail that for the listeners now. But go on. Well, that makes me think of uh, Goodwill Hunting. That the, the similarity there, and that there's this 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 individual with a past who has cloistered himself away from the world, right? With right. Some yeah, with some and menial from... <laughs> task job, right? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It was hmm. no. I think that's. I think there's some validity there. Um, also, certainly uh, the you know that neck of the woods, New England. Playing such a big part of it. Okay, so Boston. Damon did. Yeah. Damon did the Adjustment Bureau, which is a movie I I really like a lot. You've mentioned that before, yeah. Yeah, um, he did that with Emily Blunt, um, right? At, at, who at that point was dating uh, Krasinski. Uh, I that's think the Krasinski I connection. Think they're married now, and so Damon and Krasinski are sitting around drinking beers or whatever it is one night, and Krasinski pitches him. The idea of this guy who in it, you know, basically inherits his nephew when his brother dies. And Dame was like, love it. It's great. I know who can write this. They go to Lonergan because Damon knew that, he, that, uh, that Kenneth was getting his ass chewed out over the Margaret business. And hmm. so it was like, here's, here's something else for you to think about. So then Lonergan takes two years to do it. And uh, it's supposed to be... Um, Damon was going to direct himself in it. Right. But by the time Lonergan gets it ready, Damon's now, you know, nipple deep in commitments, and it would be several years more before they could get to it. So he steps out and of the... And thank God. Yeah, seriously. There is no, no way. I mean, no offense, no offense, Matt, but if, if, if Ben Hooflack is any, uh, <laughs> any indicator... How that how that ship sails? I don't know. Yeah, so I just um, I find that whole that whole thing just uh, really amazing, and so he steps back into the producer role, and then he goes to 
to Casey, who he's known for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. And he goes, this is, this would be great for you. And, and it's just a beautiful, the way that all came together is so cool and circuitous. And I just love it. Anyway, uh, that was my only big, the big trivia thing on that. The, the, the only other movie I can think of that successfully balanced the tone. Yeah. Was, uh. This 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 little known movie with Jeff Daniels and um, and Laura Linney. Is it Laura Linney? Mm. Shit, I probably misspoke. Uh, called the Squid and the Whale. Oh, I know the title. I've not seen it. Written and directed by uh, Noah Baumbach. Yes, that's really uh, that's yeah, and uh, young Jesse Eisenberg and Anna Paquin. That's uh, that's that's a fantastic movie. The subject there is not it's not loss of in terms of death, but it's divorce oh, and wow. its effect on young middle teen. Yeah. Um, but that's the same kind of like sarcastic tongue in cheek filmmaking. It's just it's really fantastic. I might not be able to handle it because. It takes place in Brooklyn, and my I grew up in Brooklyn, and my parents were divorced very unpleasantly. But I will, uh, I'll check it out. It might be. Um, I'm worried it will resonate with me too much. But uh, and I for anyone listening think... who doesn't fall into that category, definitely go and see it. <laughs> definitely check um, it out. I will do that. The squid and the whale. That's uh, that's a and good one. Noah Baumbach uh, co-wrote. Something with Wes Anderson. He, uh, he co-wrote one of Wes Anderson's movies, either Royal Tenenbaums or Life Aquatic. I can't remember. Oh, really? Tenenbaums. Yeah. Okay. Coincidentally. Yeah, let me do a quick, uh, quick look. Well, Life Aquatic is definitely one of them. That's um, it. And Fantastic Mr. Fox. So right now I'm, I'm on board hey, oh, more than ever. Oh, oh man. Can he put... The Brooklyn Taint aside, time <laughs> will tell. So, listen, uh, this is sort of a production meeting on the air type thing. Uh-oh. We had talked, you and I, uh, a little bit about some future shows that we're going to do. We know we're going to be doing an, kind of an uh, Oscar prediction type show. And last year's was uh, controversial and uh, very exciting. And so you had made a suggestion... Well, yes, it's true. I was thinking, how could we top it? Uh, Dr. Dr. D here is not a drinker. I am a, uh, not a teetotaler. The D does not stand for drinking? (laughs) The D does not stand for drinking. Um, So I don't particularly handle my my liquor well, but the idea uh, came up to do a a drunk uh, Oscar Oscar prediction show. This was was your uh, brainchild. So we we were thinking to put it out to uh, to the listeners and see if we could get some thumbs up or thumbs down from them. Uh, maybe we can put something on the Facebook page, and you all can jump in there and, and give comments or whatever and let us know. But uh, yes. I, uh, I think it could be uh, <coughs> Now I'll give everybody the fun pitch. Do you want oh. the same old Oscar <laughs> predictions, or do you want Oscar predictions with sass? Well, then you want <laughs> drunk Oscar picks. There you go. Yes. That was much better than mine. I think it would be fantastic fun. We, we are very likely to, to do that. So, you know, and that reminds yeah. me, you had prepared me for some reason, because I don't think you had seen Manchester yet, but you had prepared me for 
if I'm using your words correctly, okay. a level of drinking going on in this movie that was somehow disproportionate to other movies, maybe life. I don't know, but I watched it and I was like, there's not enough drinking going on in this movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I seem to I seem to recall there being a lot of uh, beer bottles and and uh, and whatnot. But I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I guess I am. Um, no, 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 you're not wrong. You're just not a drinker, as you well, said. Oh, I see. So maybe it just seems <laughs> like relative. an ungodly amount to you, when to the rest of us, uh, you know, yeah. on the drinking scale, it's PG. Not even PG thirteen, right. but PG. Now, is it safe to say that? At least half of every show we do is already a drunk show. <laughs> That's all the time we have tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we want to thank um, you for listening. And until next time... The doctors are out. Do you want to do a wrap-up? Or should that be it? We could do a wrap. I think so too. So uh, you know what? I'm going to uh, turn it to you to give okay. your final take. Okay. Well, final take from me. I thought this was a really excellent movie that was almost a little too restrained, but it's just absolutely mesmerizing for the performances, for the subtleties, for the. The, the 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 tragic comic bitter realities of life hand pecking at every corner i don't know i've probably said too much already <laughs> well you haven't left anything for me but um i would uh say all of that that you said but i also yeah i just found it exquisitely nuanced and i found it truthful about the way people function or and or malfunction. And, or dysfunction. Or dysfunction, yes, all, all three. Um, and so that's enough for me. I can't recommend it uh, enough, and I would say don't listen to those people who talk about how terribly sad it is. It's actually terribly beautiful. Now, the question is, does Dr. D think it is best picture-worthy? Well, you'll just have to tune in to Drunk Oscar Picks to find out. Exactly, exactly. And on that note, until next time. The doctors are out. I think we got a show.